What's up, friends and family? It's time for another episode of Hype is My Superpower. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Storman in Brooklyn, New York, and joining me via the miracles of modern technology, all the way from Santa Barbara, California, is my good buddy, Will Freeland. Will, what's good, man? Hi, chillin'. Um, my, uh, my desk, every week, my desk gets like another Leo set. And uh, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm starting to run out of room. I have a very late focused um, office right now. And so I'm trying to reduce non Lego clutter. But like, oh man, I started doing these like off brand Lego sets because Amazon was like, hey, you might like this because of my. <laughs> and, and so and you're like, God damn it. Of course I do. <laughs> right. And I'm like, ah, oh, I guess I'll try it. And so like, the off-brand Lego sets, like, they don't, like, join together as easily as a regular Lego set, but they're all the same size and all that kind of stuff. It's like they, very unsatisfying. I know, right? So, you, so, remember when we went to Legoland, we saw the, like, in the museum, it was talking about how strict their, like, regulation is for, yeah. like, their tolerances for brick sizes yeah. and stuff? These, uh, these other companies do not <laughs> have that tolerance. <laughs> not the same quality control. Um, yeah, but so like there's this third party, uh, whatever that famous Japanese waves thing is. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I got a desk version of that. So it's on my desk now, along with my tensegrity. And then I have that Lego calendar block thing that we got from the bachelor party. Yeah, so I've got that chilling and I need to update it for today. So just, you know, Legos. It's my Legos. Life. Nice. It's almost time for my next Lego purchase. Oh, yeah? Yeah, new sets come out. They, they release a new set every freaking month. It's just whether or not I'm going to buy it. I am excited. I know I couldn't do any more trying to hype you up for a New York visit, but I'm excited to take you to the New York Lego store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh, dude. So many places to go. I- I'm going to have to budget like a box to like FedEx myself after yes. all this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the Nintendo store and all the other like. Just- oh, yeah. That's a thing. That's a thing. Jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, uh, my my week's been pretty sweet. Played a lot of magic again and uh, getting ready for Rachel's brother and his wife to come visit us. And so cleaning, setting up the guest room, making plans for fun things to do. Uh, so, yeah, really excited to kind of, you know, once again, feel like life is returning to Brooklyn mm-hmm. and, you know, able to go out and do things and make plans and, and kind of look forward to stuff. So with that out of the way. Comics? What'd Comics. you read this week? I read, I dude, I read, oh, it's not a volume one. Anyway, um, I read four books. I said I was going to read three and I ended up reading four. Oh. Um, <laughs> only one of them is numbered. I, apparently it's three one shots and then Amazing Spider-Man volume seven. So yeah, so I was to uh, Amazing Spider-Man volume seven, 29, Symbiote Spider-Man, Alien Reality, Revenge of the Cosmic Ghost Rider, and Ant-Man World Hive. I thought Ant-Man was going to be a volume thing, but it's huh. apparently not. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Well, I, so real quick. Yeah. <laughs> my, my comics this week were an arc on X Factor, which, you know, I fucking love. I, I read the first issue, but they were kind of like just jointed in my pack. 
So mm-hmm. I'd read the first issue in this arc a few weeks ago and then finally came across a few more in the pack. And I was like, all right, it's time to read these, you know, just put them all together and, and talk about them at the same time. Oh, last week I read that one issue of X-Men and the All Saints Day special. There was mm-hmm. also an annual. So I read that this week. I read an arc on Maverick. I read an issue of X-Men Unlimited. I read an issue of X-Force, which I may kick over to next week, but I might have to talk about it this week because otherwise this is the worst week of comics that I've ever read for this show. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> I also read I also read the New Mutants reunion, which wasn't bad, but yeah. Well, I do have a request for next week, so you might be okay. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get into it? Where are we yeah. starting off with? So first of all, I took notes this time. So I don't hey. have to flip through the book as we talk about it. Uh-huh. I have the takeaways from the four volumes. So basically, you know, if there's something deep to talk about, we can go over it. But uh, it rarely happens in the individual titles. Uh, and so me reading as much of 616 as I do, it's usually for me, like, what's the big picture here? How does, how does yeah. this affect the rest of the world? Blah, 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 Absolutely. blah, Absolutely. And like also bigger picture on like a single title, right? Like trying to be like, okay, well, what, what kind of story are they trying to tell here? Are they mm-hmm. succeeding, failing? What the fuck's going on? Yeah. So this Amazing Spider-Man 2099. So yeah. it's called, so, okay. So there is Spider-Man 2099. Um, right. First of all, that was a title also, but there's also (laughs) the Spider-Man from the year 2099. Uh, His name is Miguel O'Hara, and he has this like skull spider on his for his logo. Also, I'm a little bummed because a few years ago, Peter Parker, uh, when he was the head of Parker Industries, he made a new suit for Miguel when he he just doesn't wear it and he doesn't wear it. He used it for like a single arc and that was like it. It's like um, when your uncle gets you a new sweater for your birthday and you don't wear it at Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I see you once a year. Yeah, man. Just wear it this one time just to make me happy. Nah. Seriously. So, oh, I do have, oh man, I do have a critique also, but we'll okay. get into that um, after we talk about the takeaways. But so the title of this arc is 2099. So, okay. so it's this Amazing is an arc. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then the title of the arc is 2099. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so this is volume seven of Nick Spencer's run on Spider-Man. So and, anyway. And longtime listeners will remember our thoughts on the 2099 reality by your comment that it's always nighttime there. It is always nighttime. <laughs> um, <laughs> like even the cover has has <laughs> the background of it's so so the cover is a split vertical split of regular Spider-Man, not regular but, but Peter Parker. Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2099. Peter Parker Spider-Man behind him is New York and it's all daytime and bright and shiny and there's an explosion. And then uh, Miguel O'Hara Spider-Man has Nueva York, which is what it's what New York is called in 2099. And it's nighttime and it's all dark. And that's it. <laughs> there's lights. There's like searchlights or lasers or something, but it's nighttime. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so a handful of things have happened in this uh, story that I'm very interested to see how much of it like connects out. Oh, cool. Um, okay. But they use this story to do some international stuff 
So we have Dr. Doom is involved. Hmm. Uh, Silver Sable from Simcaria is involved. Simcaria and Latveria, where Dr. Doom is from, are neighboring countries. Okay. And they've had a war uh, going on for quite some time. By the end of this book, Doombots have been compromised in the sense that this woman who is fighting Silver Sable for the head of Simcaria put a Trojan virus in a Doombot connected to the entire network and now uh, has relative control over the Doombots. So we don't know... Yeah, okay. so we don't know if she also has control of Doombots along with Doom or if she is the sole controller of the Doombots. But like this was revealed in the last issue that she controlled the Doombot invasion that happened in New York in this storyline. And yeah, so it's a big question of is this going to be addressed later on? We don't know. Okay. But then another thing that happened is declared that 2099, the Nueva York, the 2099 that Miguel O'Hara is from, is super positioned to 616. Hmm. 2099 will always be the future of 616. So every other future storyline, and they they do like little like background references um, to like Days of Future Past. They showed other uh future storylines that spider-man is in like rain and where uh where he's like where he's an old man spider-man and all this other kind of stuff those are all different possible time like potential timelines alternate earth stuffs sure but 2099 uh, 2099 is, is, is inevitable is so it's is it, it's it's hmm. that's weird yeah so does it does 2099 like receive automatic retcons from 616 as Apparently. the story goes maybe also, and that's so that's what's so weird is also what they're gonna what the hell are they gonna do in like 70 years i know right <laughs> and that that's the thing so <laughs> so okay so the idea of Marvel 2099 came out in 1999 yeah. uh, when they're doing like Marvel 100 years from now kind of a thing. Yeah. And they did an X-Men title. They did a right. Spider-Man title. Yep. They did. Um, they have mm. uh, they have Doom. They have Avengers. They, there are 2099 versions of the entire Marvel universe. Yeah. But the only one that has survived uh, commercial success is (laughs) Spider-Man 2099. Right. But they keep on going back to it. And also, so we're now 22 years into telling 2099 stories here and there, you know, sporadically. The year is always 2099. (laughs) Yeah, they don't. It's It's never. (laughs) It's never 2122. Yeah. It's never Marvel (laughs) plus 100. It's always 2099. Everything that has happened that has connected back to R616 is still from the year 2099. It, so I'm I that was kind of mind blowing that I they just really declared looking forward to the year 2099 or like you know 2120 or something when they do like the, the Harvey Birdman episode of the Jetsons. <laughs> yeah, we right. Come from the from futuristic the future, year 1995. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so that's kind of the thing is like one, it's always happens in 2099, but also. 
when it's a hundred years in the future, you can make these like jumps in characters, in city, in technology. Yeah. That like it's just far enough away that you're like, okay. <laughs> and, but and then it's like, wait, why doesn't anybody have cell phones? Right. But seeing how far <laughs> we've gone in the last 22 years, and then seeing how far we still need to go for the next 78. And just how completely wrong everybody's future casting is about like what actually is going to yeah. happen. And yeah, every, all the, all the future stuff from the last 10 years is like wasteland. Yeah. And then all the future stuff from the early 2000s, late ni- 1990s is all like super futuristic expialidocious kind of stuff. <laughs> but like, um, <laughs> so that's kind of odd, but that's the thing. There's a student at, um, Empire State University that uh, created this thing called the Clairvoyant. Uh, he used Peter's old webware watch directly after webware. Directly after Secret Wars is when Peter Parker goes and becomes this tech mo- mogul. Right. Um, and uh, he creates this wristwatch um, called webware. And it's basically the, you know, your smart watch, but kind of big. It's like, it's like twice as big as a regular watch Uh, has a full screen. Some of them have projectors, this and the other thing when that went down, uh, he had to, so he had to destroy all of the webware watches to stop whatever the villain he was dealing with at the time. And this guy has an old webware watch that I guess was not activated at the time. And so he's been picking it apart and he's using it to predict the future. Uh, So he's giving it uh, this like super high tech algorithm to kind of figure things out. Right now, it can only predict small things like what someone's going to say, if someone's going to be late, but it can't predict like big stuff. And so he wants Pete he wants to partner with Pete to like figure it out, figure out a, a, a power source for it because it takes a lot of power. Hmm. This that, and the other thing. Um, it's very interesting conceptually because they've done this whole future stuff before, not uh, but like they as in Marvel. So we'll see. Right. The last time they did a future guy, they did an entire uh, crossover about him in civil war two. Mm-hmm. And the only way they can answer how they're going to solve it is by making him evolve past inhumanity <laughs> and get taken in by the celestials. So <laughs> putting feature prediction on a, on a wristwatch, I don't know if that's going to fly. Um, <laughs> also Lila is in the clairvoyant now. Um, Lila is the AI that Miguel O'Hara typically has. Um, mm within his uh, suit. Think of it like Friday or Jarvis or Cortana from Halo. Silver Sable now has the Infinity Formula, uh, the same formula that Nick Fury Sr. has. Oh, okay. Uh, Simcaria is now backed by the U.S. to fight Latveria. Oh. Uh, The U.S. is now financially backing Simcaria. Um, And then Hitman, who is a Z-list villain, he has no powers. He's just a human. Uh, yeah. He wears a purple suit and he he's a gun for hire. He died a while ago. He got okay. brought back during um, the latest cl- the the clone conspiracy. And then after that, before he died, he created this neural uplink 
computer thing in the like Caymans where whenever he does die, he gets uploaded into a new body, a new clone body somewhere else. And then, so he uh, takes on the dangerous missions because he can die and he'll just come back. Um, so that's a thing to look into later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was relatively super interesting. Um, symbiote Spider-Man, uh, alien reality. It's a one shot more telling stories in the past to try to set something up for the future kind of a thing. Um, so this is set back when uh, directly after secret war, <laughs> when uh, Pete got the black, the symbiote suit for the first time. Oh boy. That's really going back. Yeah. Yeah. In the eighties. Yeah. The art is by Greg land. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I've never been a huge fan. Um, Me neither. He, so uh, for those who don't know, Greg Land is an artist who continually gets work at Marvel, but he's gotten criticism for using porn star pictures to borderline trace for all of his uh, female uh, characters when he's drawing them. Um, yeah. And so they always have these like very kind of sexualized faces for like surprised expressions yeah um, <laughs> oh just, yeah she's real surprised <laughs> right and it's just it's not great and so like he gives every character the same body type yeah um, and the same face is over same and physique, over again same yeah like okay so for example we have this person who is the red cat this is happening in a in a distorted reality by the way but okay this is red cat and i thought this was going to be mary jane huh. this is this is Black Widow. This is Natasha Romanoff. She's never had hair like that, but whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So let's talk about some takeaways. So, yeah. Greg Land art. Blah, blah. Oh, also his art. Um, what Another thing that throws me off is he outlines everything. Yeah. Uh, like he actually puts an actual thick line around all of his characters. Yeah. Um, that like all stands the- them out from the background. So it's like yeah. you like copy paste it onto another piece so like back to that same black cat thing right she's outlined in this white line oh yeah around she really the just entire art photoshopped in yeah yeah and he does that with every single character it just looks strange oh so most of the story is the venom symbiote uh controlling pete so he doesn't remember most of what happens in these five issues oh interesting um, yeah. If you don't mind going into a little more detail, what are some of the adventures he has? So he, so basically what's going on is there's, there's a book called the word of God. Okay. Uh, and it's a, it's a spell book that basically anyone who uses it can create reality however they want. And so it's a super powerful uh, sorcery book. So Dr. Strange gets involved for whatever reason, Natasha was involved in finding the book. And then all of a sudden, um, white flash happens and we're taken to this distorted reality where Craven, the hunter, is no longer a bad guy. He is now a teammate of Spider-Man. Hmm. Uh, Hobgoblin is now the Hobgoblin Supreme. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and has yeah he has the cape of levitation uh, I, I suppose you you need that to differentiate him from all the other hobgoblins there have been yes. enough hobgoblins that one should take supremacy my god <laughs> <laughs> um this is in this distorted word of god reality um Bla- uh, natasha becomes the black cat and she right. and peter parker are lovers 
Um, That's an odd pairing. I agree. It doesn't make (laughs) any sense. Um, Hobgoblin Supreme chases Pete all around the place. Doctor Strange is hiding out as a hobo. And then uh, he takes... So, oh, so this is what he does. So Strange... Oh, also Ben Parker is still alive. But... And then May dies in this reality. And strange takes symbiote spider-man to Kamartage to learn some basic sorcery so we're coming out of this with the venom symbiote knowing some basic sorcery some basic magic peter parker never <laughs> learned it because he's been passed out this entire time holy shit okay but the venom symbiote knows how to do it wow okay yeah it was kind of funny because the Venom symbiote uh, had to teach Dr. Strange what a retcon is. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we Nightmare is in this. Yeah. So on my notes, I have takeaways. Nothing. <laughs> because nothing really happens. Okay. Except <laughs> the symbiote learned some magic. He learned uh, basic defensive magic. Okay. So we'll see if that ever gets used. I I'm not holding my breath. Quick question here. Yeah. You say that in this reality, Aunt May was the one who died and Uncle Ben was the one who lived uh, and remained to raise Peter throughout no. Oh. They're both alive and in these oh. issues, May gets killed. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I am curious in the inversion like, what's the spiritual takeaway that he takes away from oh, Aunt May's life? Yeah. You know, instead of with great power comes great responsibility. Like, what's the pithy one-liner right. that, like, that he that becomes his guiding principle through life? Like, with great tea comes great crumpets or something? Like that. <laughs> uh, she's known for her hotcakes. Uh, hotcakes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there is an alternate reality where the oh, right. bullet, of course there is my bad yeah the bullet goes like hits like an inch and a half to the left yeah and so ben survives the gunshot yeah and this ben's takeaway is he kind of becomes sort of evil and like coaches peter to be ruthless and to not take anything for granted because one inch is the difference between life and death. And so Peter must become the strongest he could possibly be to make sure that nobody dies. It's odd. It's that like, does sound odd. Yeah. It's, it's heroism at, at the, um, at the cost of morality. Sure. Also in this other reality, uh, you have J. Jonah Jameson as a deadlock. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a thing. <laughs> I, I, I don't love it as a continuity building exercise. But it can be fun just as a, let's throw it out there, as a what if to, mm-hmm. to just have shit like that. Like, all right, let's just, you know, this plus that, let's do it. Let's, let's go exactly. for broke. Yeah. And oh, we also get introduced to Daydream. She's a uh, nightmare's daughter. Wait, Nightmare does have a daughter in some things that I've read that were really bad. Yeah. Nightmare's daughter. So strange says nightmare's daughter is the dream queen. She introduces herself. She says, uh, they go, who are you? And she says, daydream. I'm his daughter. And Strange says, Nightmare's daughter is the dream queen. And she goes, I know. I haven't been conceived yet. And and Strange (laughs) is like, wait, what? And she goes, in your world, time moves sequentially. In the dream world, it's all happening at once. If it will happen, it already has. Wait, 
Wait, I just looked her up. Daydream is a character in 616. She is the daughter of Nightmare and Betty Ross. Oh. Yeah. This is from a storyline in 2005. Oh. <laughs> so that's a thing. That is a thing. You know what's hilarious? She has not know who Betty Ross is. Eight appearances ever. Well, this is her eighth appearance. <laughs> well, but that's not 616, right? This is six one so oh, it is six one six. It's an old it's a it's a it's Oh yeah, okay. It's six one six with the reality rewritten by the word of God. Right. And right, then right, right, at right. this point there they hopped over into the nightmare realm to because that's where the word of God was uh was hidden. Hobgoblin put it there, and so they have to go and fight nightmare to go get the word of God. Okay. Yeah, uh wow, this was a really deep cut. Two of those appearances were Marvel handbooks. So really, she had been in five, <laughs> five uh, Incredible Hulk Volume 2 issues, 77 through 81, and then done for 15 years until they pulled her out for this. Wow. Deep cut. That is a deep cut. That's so strange. Oh, man. Yeah. So it was interesting for... <laughs> whatever oh again so like there's no takeaways here yeah (laughs) yeah there's there's no takeaways anyway it was interesting to a point it's a fast read nothing really to take away nothing right home about revenge of the cosmic ghostwriter so yeah as you have mentioned i have introduced ghostwriter 85 times already just Um, once but the intro for here is kind of funny That's- because it's just like a shotgun version of what he's done up until this point. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, so it talks about Frank Castle and then says, until he died. And then he returned as a Ghost Rider Speed of Vengeance. And then he became Galactus's Herald. And then he became the Black Right Hand of Thanos. And then he died for real. And then he was resurrected in Valhalla and was stuck in the past. And then he became a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy for one minute. And then he raced for the throne of hell against every other Ghost Rider in existence. And now, now he's ready to dole out some cosmic punishment. <laughs> And that's that's how we go into this. (laughs) Wow. But yeah. So some things we learn about Cosmic Ghost Rider in here. He can come back from just a skull. Like if he goes and does this giant explosion, if someone goes and picks the skull up and he can initiate the penance stare and he uses that to start regenerating his body. Hmm. What about just a femur? (laughs) Does it work for anybody? I don't think... You can do a penance stare from a femur. Okay, is, is part of the problem here. Okay, I see. I see I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. All right. <laughs> um, we also find out that the brood do indeed have souls because he used it on one of them. Huh. So we see him regenerate from a skull twice, and the second time, you see him thinking to himself, "He's like, I wonder if brood have souls." <laughs> and then the brood looks at him, and he and he turns into flames, and he regenerates. He's like, "Huh? Yes, they do." <laughs> you're like, oh. So one cool thing in here is the artist Hepburn. He does a lot of, or she, I don't know the first first name, Scott Hepburn, (laughs) do a lot of art parallels. Mm. Um, And it's usually a lot of then and now jumps. So you have here the then, and this is uh, Punisher's daughter, Frank Castle's daughter. This is Cammie who people might remember from, uh, let's see, she was in, she she was introduced in Annihilation. Right, um, she was- uh, She was 10 years old. She was in a, she befriended Drax. Yeah, yeah, and, she was hanging out with Drax. 
She's an orphan. She's an orphan, right? Um, and she then shows up again in Avengers. Avengers Arena. Arena. Or- That's the word. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she got kidnapped onto Arcade's Island and put in a death match. <laughs> and Marvel then- just saying, "Hey, let's do the Hunger Games." Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and then she shows up here in Revenge of the Cosmic Ghost Rider. So just any like she just pops up from here from you know here and there. She's typically a space bound brat, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of parallels. So there's the daughter and Cammy, and then there's Frank and Ghost Rider, and just the the entire oh, cool. page. The yeah. entire page is um, paralleled, and then he does in, it in again. the panel structure and and the panel compositions and everything. Yeah, yeah. And then he does it again. Here's uh, when Frank Castle first died. So this is the fight against Thanos. Oh, okay. Uh, him coming, crawling out of a hole to fight. And then all the way down a few pages later, it has the now of Ghost Rider climbing out of a hole. Making oh, the same okay. position. Cool. Um, I'm into it. Yeah, it was really cool to see here and there. Uh, the other, my other bookmark is these ki- the kids of the main bad who... I don't remember his name and doesn't really matter. He's just kind of a storytelling point. Um, (laughs) They have a Lego set of ego and it's (laughs) 26,375 bricks. Oh my God. You're so And I want it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So the art parallels and the ego bricks are the only things I've bookmarked in this. (laughs) Um, But uh, other takeaways from this are that Frank gave up his soul. Uh, So Frank got his soul back. And then uh, because the contract says a soul for a ghostwriter, Mephisto goes and takes Cammy's soul instead. And then he's like, that's not okay. So he jumps into hell. He should die from jumping into hell, but he has the power of cosmic still. So he's a cosmically powered Frank Castle going and saving Cammy. And then he's like, that's fine. Uh, give Cammy her soul back. I'll give you mine. Fine. That's fine. Whatever. So by getting his soul renewed, he doesn't have any sins for whatever reason by re- getting your soul. Whenever your soul returns to your body, you have a clean slate is what they are suggesting here. Yeah. So he got his soul back and the only things he did while he had his soul, he didn't even kill anything. He literally just walked through hell cosmically powered to go and find Cammy. And so there was no sin to like burn him for. So that was kind of interesting. Cammy gets possessed by the thing that was possessing the big bad throughout the entire series. So Mm. um, she gets killed off screen off panel So I don't know if she is dead, but basically as soon as Frank gives Cammy her soul back, she goes, thanks. They hug. And then she gets possessed by the thing. And he (laughs) says, I'm sorry, kid. And the next time we see him is just the skull. So like, we're going to assume that he did some giant explosion that killed Cammy and that parasite. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He kills the brood to come back. And then that's the end of the story. So we don't know exactly what happened there or what he's going to do afterwards or whatever. Um, They did an epilogue and they have Cosmic Frank going and visiting Teresa's grave, his wife or Maria, 
whatever her name is. It's either Marie or Teresa, but um, one of those Catholic names. Yes. Has, has him visiting her grave on earth and regular Frank Castle showing up and being like, Hey Frank. <laughs> and so they kind of have it out. They talk it out a little bit and he's like, uh, and Cosmic Frank is like, yeah, I'm, I'm you from the far flung future. He's like, yeah, I know. And he's like, wait, how do you know? He's like, you've, you've tussled with the Avengers. They gave me the heads up. I, I get it. He's like, I thought you'd be a little more freaked out. He's like, I used to be a Frankenstein. Um, <laughs> I have a weird life. <laughs> um, I have yeah. to say that's one of the ones of that should have been a, what if maybe Frank oh, Castle. The Franken Castle, Franken Castle. Yeah, um, it's funny. So I pride myself on having read every single 616 comic since about 2002, 2003. Yeah. I have the comic where Frank dies. It happens in Civil War. You're right. He gets yeah. cut to pieces in the sewers. Right. And he gets put back together and brought back to life by Elsa Bloodstone's um, Bloodstone. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's how he becomes Frankencastle. I did not buy that book. <laughs> I haven't read that actually happened. <laughs> I just know that it did. Then <laughs> um, it gets brought back. I forget how. But yeah, so, uh, and then current Frank starts attacking Cosmic Frank and giving him all kinds of shit. And Cosmic Frank is like, what the hell are you talking about? What is, what is your problem? Why are you doing this? He's obviously holding back because he's cosmically powered and he's a ghostwriter. But <laughs> current Frank yells at him for uh why did he come back in time and not save the family his family okay and he's super pissed at him about it Mm. about it and cosmic frank just stops he gets a look on his face and then he leaves and then current frank tells him to never come back again and cosmic frank is like i know and that's it it was out of character for current frank because he was very emotional but at the same time i feel like it was a story beat that needed to happen if you're going to have two Frank Castles. Um, right. Yeah. In current time. Yeah. Um, for sure. It felt like crossing a T, but I think it was a good moment for both of them. Mm, cool. Um, yeah. And then uh, Ant-Man. Cassie, his daughter, is living with her mom and stepdad in yeah. Florida. And so Scott Lang moved to Florida, started a security company that fell through. So he is currently living in an anthill. Um, uh, <laughs> like so he's just shrunken down permanently and hanging out with. Not like, permanently, but he's. Or, living down yeah. There, yeah. For the majority of his Cause, time. Because he doesn't have any money is the, is the point. <laughs> Um, i love scott lang (laughs) he makes things he makes ends meet (laughs) yeah but anyway that's what happened previously and then cassie is now going she's no longer stature she's now going by stinger and she has wings she's kind of she's kind of wasp but we have the unstoppable wasp and we have janet van dyne wasp and so cassie is stinger (laughs) okay Um, yeah there was another storyline in the past where um uh there's this app called hench which is basically uber for lackeys yeah um and so she wanted to join hench to like (laughs) um just 
kind of gig economy superhero yeah basically yeah um but That's but amazing. it was but hench was for the bad guys so oh, okay. um so she was doing that. Scott got involved because he didn't want her to be a bad guy, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, that's how she got her current suit. Um, that's how she got her name for Stinger. And now she's in Florida. Scott moved to Florida. He's living in an anthill. That's, you know, <laughs> issue zero going into Ant-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so takeaways are interesting here. He, oh, this is the first time we actually see him talking to insects. Like they have speech bubbles. Oh. Um, it's interesting to see what we've given them as their vocabulary and grammar structure. Um, yeah, I feel like this is a conversation that happens with Aquaman all the time <laughs> of like, do you command the fish or do you like request of the fish? Sure. Kind of yeah. And so like here say no. Right. And so here you have like, you have them actually having a conversation and then they're always like, yeah, happy to help. You know, you're like, I understand what your cause is. I understand what you're trying to do. I'm here to help. So like, there's that kind of like back and forth, which has been fun. So something happened in this that I, I'm honestly kind of surprised it took this long. Um, Are you familiar with Swarm? Uh, yeah, it's just a big pile of bugs, right? Yeah, so he's a Spider-Man villain. Um, who he's a Nazi scientist who Perfect. Uh, yeah. was studying these vampiric bees that seem to have some sort of telepathic qualities about them, and then he's experimenting on them, and then he gets eaten by them, and he and his consciousness goes into the hive, and so now he is swarm. He is a Nazi skeleton, a purple cape, and a body made out of bees. So why it, it took <laughs> why it took this long for Ant-Man to cross paths with Swarm is beyond me. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but so Ant-Man gets hired to go to a bee farm because they're like, hey, all of our bees just disappeared over the last couple of days. We're kind of hoping you could uh, talk to some bees and see what's going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so he's like, uh, I'm more of a superhero. And they're like, yeah, but don't you talk to bees? And they're like, he's like, yeah. And Cassie's <laughs> like, don't you need a job? <laughs> and so he's like, <laughs> so he's like, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes, talks to the bees and bees are like, yeah, um, there's this foreign person taking all my brothers i don't know what's going on so he follows them he follows the bee and it's swarm and you're like oh my gosh swarm and so swarm (laughs) has been amassing um all these other bees within a three mile radius oh shit to just be swarm plus and you're like what the hell is happening and it turns out (laughs) um oh so to fight swarm ant-man gets the bees from the from the hive and they give him an exosuit oh <laughs> so he basically looks like a swarm ant man yeah um so that was fun and That's then amazing. so he beats swarm and swarm's like no you don't understand i needed them to fight them and you're like what and we get introduced to there are others like swarm we have <laughs> We have Vespa, uh, <laughs> who is um, hornets. Okay. Uh, we have Thread, who is silkworms. <laughs> and we have Tusk, who are rhino beetles. <laughs> um, and 
they call Swarm the impure one because Swarm is also partially this Nazi scientist. And so these are just bugs. Yes. So come to find (laughs) out that the thing that was happening, so it was, it was going to happen to the bees anyway, kind of things. And the Nazi scientists happened to be there because that's the impression I got because they're like, yeah, at the same time, three other groups of insects were gathering together to become these beings. And so uh, Vespa, Thread, and Tusk want to get rid of Swarm because he's impure. Moving on. (laughs) 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 uh, (laughs) The three of them report to this guy called Macrothrax. Um, He's pointless to the story, but we move on and uh, (laughs) we find out that there are the, uh, the King bugs in the Savage Land. And so now we're going to the Savage Land to see what the hell they're talking about. (sighs) This sounds hilarious. It's, I don't, (laughs) it's hilarious that someone was given Ant-Man and instead of diving into Scott Lang's past to be like, you know, do we tell another cross story? Cause we just did Darren cross literally two years ago. (laughs) Right. Um, He, we already did the security company thing that failed. What else are we going to do with Scott Lang? Yeah. Oh, well, he's ants, right? (laughs) Where can we go with this? So so now, canonically, Mm -hmm. we have established that Swarm is part of a four. Uh, Swarm is the impure one. But also, we have Fethira, queen of the biting wingless. Oh, my God. We have Vetrock, king of the bees, wasps, and ants. And we have... (laughs) Crematrix, queen of the web spinners, and they are the bug kings slash queens of the bug kingdom, the world hive, as they call it. Amazing. They have a, they have a telepathic connection to all the bugs across the world. And Macrothrax was <laughs> their chosen knight to go and collect the four bug people. Yeah. Um, we actually don't know why, but that was their plan. <laughs> and then Macrothrax found out about um, Ant-Man and that he had a helmet that could get him to speak bug speak oh, and yes. control bugs, basically. And so instead of going for Swarm, he was like, I want that helmet. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then because Ant-Man is Ant-Man, he fought Macrothrax by making some bugs big. And he's like, how did you get big? I like this. I want this. So (laughs) now he wants the pim particles. So so Macrothrax doesn't care about Swarm anymore. He only cares about Ant-Man. And he gets the pim particles. Pim particles, uh, Scott Lang's pim particles are in pill form. They're like just pills that you have in your hand okay they're not like you know like mcu pin particles are in the right. little, like capsules yeah um before that they were just like particles like whatever you carry particles in <laughs> they can be there it's it's, <laughs> it's the thing <laughs> so, so anyway macrothax is like we can use these pin particles we can take over the world let's make this planet 
one for the bugs. Let's get rid of the apes. Let's let's rule the world. And the cockroaches in my apartment would agree. Right. And then the kings and queens are pissed at Macrothrax for disobeying orders. While this is happening, Scott and Cassie go to Avengers Mountain and get an upgrade on their helmets because randomly they're like, oh, maybe you should be able to control bigger bugs. So <laughs> here's here's some upgrades. So okay. So now you can activate it. And so you know what the regular helmet looks like. It's kind of yeah, small. Yeah. Uh, they basically get this like amplifier coming out um, <laughs> where she where this is Stinger going oh, yeah. big on the amplifier. OK, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That so, looks so 60s and pulpy and hilarious. So Macrothrax steals that helmet. So now <laughs> Great. He, Perfect. He, he revolts and kills the ant queen, kills Vitrock, gives Thera and Chromatrix, the pin particles. Now they're giant, giant, like the size of mountains. Sure. And with the upgraded helmet, he controls the two of them. <laughs> so so um, he now calls himself. So Macrothax now calls himself Slayer of Vitrock, the Tamer of Thera, and the Writer of Chromatrix. I am <laughs> Macrothax. I will oh, grind God. the world of apes to dust. <sighs> <laughs> Ant Man goes and sees a dying Vitrock. Vitrock is like, I've seen you. I know you are friends with the ants because I am telepathically connected to everyone. Um, right. My dying wish is for all of my ants and bugs to support you in fighting Macrothrax. And he's like, Oh, thanks. And then <laughs> so they make a big exosuit for him. And uh, he's like the size of a mountain now. And he fights the other two whose names I will continually forget and stops them and then uh, steals the helmet from Macrothrax and stops him and the two king and queen the king and queen uh, eat Macrothrax in revenge. And it ends with Swarm somehow on the Savage Land vying to take Vitrox's place as king of the bees, wasps, and ants. Okay. So sweet. Yeah. Was so, it was it written as a comedy? Like, did it have like jokes and like a comedic timing, or was it just batshit crazy? Like does it just sound funny to me secondhand, but it was painful to read firsthand? <laughs> oh, like, no, was no. Was it, it was, aware of its own? It was pretty aware. It, like, it, okay, wasn't, good. it wasn't like, it wasn't hilarious. Um, yeah. Because a lot of it is the running theme behind Scott Lang is that he never takes anything seriously. Right. And, and so now he's fully a comedic character after Paul Rudd and the MCU. When you give it to Paul Rudd, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> And so that's always been the cr- the criticism from both his ex-wife and from Cassie. And mm-hmm. so there's kind of just, there's always that. So he's always kind of aloof and he, sure. he never really commits to things. Yeah. Um, but like his dad moments, like where he gets to be a loving father, don't yeah. really come across very strong because oh. it is more of a, like not slapstick, but less serious comic. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, it, it knows it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, I th- Good. like, it doesn't, it doesn't specifically say this shouldn't happen, <laughs> <laughs> but like they, they had an opportunity and they ran with it. 
That sounds fun. There's no reason. There's no reason (laughs) why Vespa and the Rhino Beetle and the Silkworm thread uh, should exist. There's no reason why the king, (laughs) queen, and king of the bugs, the hive mind, should exist. But, you know, F it. Go for it. Yeah. The world sometimes is a small planet and sometimes is everything is on the earth. It's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Let's just go weirder and weirder and weirder. Absolutely. Oh my I gosh. Love, yeah, it, it was it was a fun read. Um it, it was a it was a fast read of the four that I read. Ant-Man and Simulate Spider-Man happened the fastest for me. Mm-hmm. Um just like not a lot to look at in the art um not a lot to think about in the like conversations there's no like sure. heavy dialogue yeah um, you just kind of just rolled through it yeah um but it was good it was fun it it moved the universe along minus symbiote spider-man there's nothing to take away from that yeah um, but yeah I'm I'm really interested in the Spider-Man stuff. Well, one because Spider-Man, but two, like they they made some big changes with Latveria and Doom. Like yeah. they made some big statements. Yeah. And so sure. seeing if that's going to roll over is going to be real interesting. Awesome. Feel it. Feeling good. How are you feeling about the direction of Amazing Spider-Man in general? Like Nick Spencer's run, seven trades in, feeling good. Um, yeah, he still has this teased villain that we have no idea what his name is, what his deal is. Huh. He's just a horror terror villain. He's like, okay, he looks like bandaged up Mumra from Thundercats. Oh. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But he and he's got insects all over him. We Gross. don't know his name. Maybe he's we, uh, a friend of Macrothrax. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so he's been teasing him as like being this background character, just terrorizing um, people after Spider-Man's left. Huh. And we haven't had the confrontation between Spider-Man and this guy yet, but he knows that he's Peter Parker. Huh. So I'm really interested in yeah. wherever this, whenever this happens and cool. I'm just waiting. <laughs> so uh, it's been good. But like when you get a volume like this, it's like, no, but give me that guy. Cause he didn't even show yeah. up. Yeah. So, oh, so yeah, it's yeah, yeah. almost, it's almost a waiting game at this point, instead of mm-hmm. like, Ooh, what else are you going to show me? Yeah. But yeah. It should, it, it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Tell me, uh, tell me about what you read with these mutants. Yeah. So uh, first one on my list here I'm going to talk about is the X-Man annual 1997. Remember, X-Man was one of four characters to jump over from Age of Apocalypse to 616. The other three were Dark Beast, Holocaust, and Sugar Man. Yes. And apparently their, you know, blah, 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 reality hopping means that they're siphoning a little bit of energy away from the Mkron crystal. And in fact, the shard of the crystal that X-Man stabbed Holocaust with to like facilitate Mm. their jump at the end of Age of Apocalypse is Mm -hmm. still like lodged inside, you know, like inside his armor. Oh. Yeah. Now, normally with anything regarding Mkron Crystal, this is like, you know, danger to the multiverse level problem. But no, it's, this is actually kind of cool. The Shi'ar is like this, the Mkron Crystal is powerful enough. This is not like, nothing's in danger here. This is a minor thing, but 
we consider it a religious blasphemy because we revere the crystal and so on. So they empower some sort of general to go back to earth. They're so sick of earth, but they go back to remove the crystal energies from these four characters. Meanwhile, X-Man Nate is floating around in New York and he's like, yeah, you know, I've been looking for, for Dark Beast this whole time. I really need to find him again. And it's like, no, you haven't been. You've literally just been hanging out in a park. <laughs> but whatever. Psionically looking for Dark Beast. You don't know yeah. what's going on in his head. <laughs> <laughs> and at that moment, Dark Beast happens to have Holocaust in his lab. And he's like, hey, nemesis and the guy's like what i changed my name to holocaust now he's like nah i'm gonna i'm gonna start calling you nemesis in fact all every other character is gonna start calling you nemesis too (laughs) and it it, by the end of the issue it becomes true Uh, (laughs) i guess they got some complaints about using holocaust as a character name which yeah checks out so they inevitably start fighting and like rocket off into the air. And X-Man's like, oh, that's where he is. <laughs> okay. uh, and so, yeah, so you've got all three of them in the same place. The Shi'ar scoop them up. Sugar Man's already with them. He's cut a deal with them. And they're all like, you know, locked up. But then he switches sides to help them and free them for no reason. And then they stumble through the Shi'ar ship uh, trying to get away. But then every once in a while, they're like, wait, we hate each other. And they start fighting. And they're like, wait, no, we've got to work together again and they get back to working together again eventually mercifully it ends nate does the thing with his telekinesis which is the thing that the shiar were trying to do from the first place which is take all the crystal energies and crystal shard out of nemesis and get him away and then it ends and that was like 50 pages i told you this was the worst week of comics (laughs) (laughs) oh man so okay wasn't blink from aoa too like yeah. we have a six one six AOA. But, well, six one six. No, she's not but, in. She's not in six one six. AOA Blink isn't in six one six at this time. Uh, she gets recruited to the Exiles later. Yeah, and that's how she hops over. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Okay. The one takeaway is that with the crystal shard out, apparently now Nemesis can transform back to his ponytailed human form at will. Oh. You remember, like, he had that human form, because he's the son of Apocalypse. He got wrecked so basically by, making by it the so X-Men. So do either one. What? Like, basically making it so you can show either one. Yeah. Because I always thought that that nemesis, because I remember the Fleer card. <laughs> um, I always thought that that nemesis was, like, 616 nemesis, whereas no. Onslaught was AOA. I mean, there's probably both. But Damn. No, it, it, there was a, a couple of prequel comics in AOA where they show him in his ponytail human form. Mm. Uh, and he gets like absolutely, he, I think, oh, that's what it is. He kills Scarlet Witch and then Magneto comes back, find him, goes ballistic on him. And from that point on, he he's just like a scratchy looking thing inside a containment suit to keep him alive. And that's wow. what uh, that's what that like big old hulking armor is. It's God. just like, yeah, just like a containment field around his energy plasm yeah and he had he was like the super long shoulder pads yeah i mean everything had super long shoulder pads it was designed (laughs) by joe maggiera but yeah (laughs) 
that's a side note. I love seeing just like the commonalities in characters that the same artist designed. That's one Mm. one thing that I've really enjoyed in this reread. Like Joe Maggiorera did all the character designs for Age of Apocalypse. So lots of shoulder pads and like small sort of lanky limbs out of that. And like Uh lots of glowy sort of backlit things. You can see like similarities in, for example, when Bill Senkevich was on New Mutants, he co-created Legion and Warlock and the Demon Bear. And you can see some similar stylistic traces in all three of those characters, even though they've gone like completely separate ways in just Mm -hmm. like this really like zany, scratchy, like exaggerated line work, uh, like really uncomfortable manic presence from all three. And then I've kind of seen the same thing from like Jim Lee when he was on Alpha Flight, he he like redesigned Box's armor and he had the like very distinct like line work for robots. I don't know how else to describe it. Just like really small panels in a line, kind of like Colossus armor, but mm. small. Huh. I guess he he drew Colossus the same way. That's why I think of it as a Jim Lee thing. He also did a Sunfire. Uh, he put Sunfire in some armor in the 90s that kind of looked right. like that. And it's like, oh yeah, that's a Jim Lee design. That's a Bill Sienkiewicz. <laughs> and, and then of course, Rob Liefeld characters all the pouches. all the pouches yeah so pouches for days pouches for days anyway so moving on next i have x factor so this is really split into two mini arcs both taking place after Sabretooth. remember last time he got free and he just sliced the shit out of x factor and val cooper and her ex-husband were like defending them from a government intrusion and then havoc took them in and is like helping them recuperate in his little underground base Mm -hmm. so creed got recruited to join the government program, the Hounds, which is the same one from Days of Future Past that like Rachel is yeah. Ahab's Hound. So anyway, Creed's just kind of like going around killing mutants willy-nilly as an as a hound and his handler Stone is like, hey, don't do that. And he's like, nah. Uh. <laughs> and then Omega Red shows up literally out of nowhere and they fight because otherwise there'd be no fight scene in the issue. And then it turns out that uh, Havoc you know, further complicating his arc. Everything that he's doing is plotting against Dark Beast, who is a member of his brotherhood. And he's uh, planning alongside this character named Ever, who is Gene Nation National. Gene Nation was, they're sort of like the future shifted Morlocks when Mikhail Rasputin took the survivors of the Morlocks to a pocket dimension. They aged up real quick. There were a couple like different generations of Morlocks and then they came back. The ones that came back were Gene nation okay so i love that all this stuff is just like normal like, okay uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pocket dimension aged up of course Poc- sure. yeah jumped jumped four generations came back in two months yeah okay yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> god okay the meat of this one is or at least to me the biggest takeaway mystique a while back had been posing as, or I thought posing as the wife of a senator. And in fact, not any senator, but the wife of the running mate of Graydon Creed in the presidential election. Turns out there was never any original wife character. No original Miss Brickman. It was her all along. She oh. had a husband who was a senator, had an adopted daughter, and it was just 
how does she have time wow. for all these secret families? The, the logistics of Mystique's life are just mind boggling. Yeah. Wow. She's the got only a 10 one who's year old adopted. <laughs> Is Wolverine. Right. (laughs) But Mystique, like, these are all, like, concurrent. Like, she's the wife of a senator and also a high-ranking member in the Department of Defense and also raising Rogue as her foster mother and also the... I'm not even including Nightcrawler because that could conceivably have been before all this. But the rest of... (laughs) And also a member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and Lovers with destiny it's like how the fuck do you have time to do all of these to live four separate lives yeah at to, least. yeah to have all those storylines going at the same time at least with logan it's like oh yeah that happened 150 years ago right exactly yeah you can kind of like slowly piece together it's like okay he grew up in canada and then something something went to japan and then something something world war one and then something something world war two and then something something he was a spy then something something that's report pat <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that was that was even after he became uh, an X Man. But anyway, yep. oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't entirely check out. And there's this insane conversation she has with this daughter. She's like, okay, now I need to go. Like, this has been too stressful for me. I need to go to my room. And the daughter's like, mommy, can I come with you? Of course you may, Gloria, darling. Mother just needs to freshen up a bit. She says, you look like a young lady with much on her mind. What can I do for you, dear? You were gone for so long. I didn't think you'd ever come back. I had so many questions, things daddy couldn't answer. Go ahead, dear. Ask me anything. Okay, mommy. It's just that sometimes you seem like a different person, like you're somebody else. You remind me of my friends when we pretend to be other people, play acting. So who are you really? This is like so close to being a cool character moment for Mystique, but the logistics of it just, I can't put them out of my mind. Just like, who am I? That's an, that my dear is an excellent question. The not one easily answered because I love you. I'm going to tell you things, things I've never told anyone else, but mommy needs to know you can keep a secret and like, yes, you can trust me. Okay. Maybe it's because I've always found it easier to talk to children than adults. Children are the only ones I've ever been able to really care about, ever been able to be myself with. And like this tracks with Mystique, like having all of these families all over the place, like Mm -hmm. raising Rogue and all this stuff. Like now she has this interest in Destiny's great nephew or whatever, Trevor Chase. So like, you know, that's so close to being like, wow, that's an interesting insight about Mystique. And he's like, but enough of that. You want to know about me. I'll tell you this. Mommy is drawn to power and influence as a moth is to a candle flame. Before I was lucky enough to meet your dad, I traveled all over the world and did all sorts of jobs. I spent time in the Soviet Union right before the Iron Curtain fell. Then I spent some time in the Big Apple itself working on a report as a reporter on a newspaper. And then it shows uh, after mommy got what she needed from those jobs, she bounced around from one place to another, from one one organization to another. And it shows her as both a member of Hydra and as a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Always trying to find the answer to the same question you just asked me. Who am I? Sometimes I don't really know, Gloria. Sometimes it seems like each of those people was someone else, someone hiding from the world and from the pain of the life I've created, but they were all me. I guess I am whoever I see staring back at me at me from the mirror, dear. Right now, I'm your mom. Does that answer your question? Kid says, no, not really. And then the whole thing's dropped. It never comes back to it. Oh, come on. <laughs> It's 
wow. it's just, you came so close. You came so close to like setting up like, okay, so you had this character moment, but like you could have made like your comic about that. You could have had like actual emotional stakes and something that meant something. And instead you're just pursuing, oh God. Okay, so there's like a quick scene where Val Cooper and her ex-husband are like, isn't that weird that we were just like in an actual gunfight with government agents? And is there any fallout, any consequences to for us at all? And they're like, no. Government wants to pretend like nothing ever happened. And they reference a um, agent scolder in case the X-Files influence wasn't obvious enough. Wow. So that's one half of this X-Factor arc. The other half is only shard and remember how i said that she got Sabretooth ran his claws through her sliced her with his claws and she like started fritzing out which is ridiculous because she's a hologram right <sighs> okay so she goes on like a time travel acid trip is the only way i can describe this and she ends up in um, some memories from the future that she had conveniently forgotten up until this point. Or actually, it turns out they had been erased out of her mind, I think. So she's sent psychically back to relive her life in the future when she met and joined (laughs) a splinter group from the XSE, the Xavier Security uh, Enforcers, called the XUE, the Xavier's underground enforcers okay and it is the 50 millionth iteration of it's the x-men but more extreme (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-huh and so there are three characters uh named archer fix and graystone archer he has kind of like lasery powers and he wears a costume with a bunch of just like opaque white discs all over, like over his face and over his like elbows, like their elbow pads and all over the place, like hands. It's, it's weird. And then fix is telepath whose powers manifest through these little butterflies. And Greystone is this weird sort of like size and shape changer. Mm. And, And they also have this mysterious leader slash mentor who is never named and barely speaks any lines of dialogue, but apparently gives them all their orders. And they're like, yeah, we can trust this guy. So Trevor Fitzroy has this sidekick, Bantam. He's this little green guy who keeps track of all his portals. And XSE captures him and puts him in a prison. And then they go to bust him out. And in order to find Fitzroy, who apparently is Shard's ex-boyfriend, which kind of contrasts with the whole Layla Miller story. Yeah, but we don't care. But we don't care. (laughs) (laughs) We don't care. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for setting me straight. Um, and and the, the idea, I guess, is that they're going to go back in time and fix the future, make sure that their reality never happens, which is different from Bishop's mission because, yeah. So anyway, he betrays them literally instantly. <laughs> <laughs> And then Shard Acid trips back to the present and fixes psychic fairies, revive her inside Polaris, but then she's out two panels later. And the whole retcon thing 
makes her remember these characters and realize that they did time travel back to 616 and that they only ever recruited Shard to make her a psychic anchor to help them time travel back to 616, even though how did anyone ever know that anything like this was ever going to happen and that Shard was going to make it back to 616 as a hologram and then be removed from the holographic projector and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the takeaway is that Shard is going to go off to find the XUE members as they're bumming around somewhere in 616. Thank God there are only eight issues left of this title before cancellation. <laughs> I'm uh, counting them down. So that's that's X Factor. Maverick is next. So I keep going back to like, why is is there a Maverick title? Mm-hmm. And the like, what's what's the because okay, because you could do like I said last time, you could do it in so many different ways. This could be like X Spy comes in from the cold. It could be Legacy Virus while dying of the Legacy Virus. You know, let's make amends and set my life to peace before the end. It could be so many different things, but instead, I think it's just a story about a guy repeatedly fucking up his personal life. So like Chris Bradley, who is the teenager who got recruited to the X-Men and then kicked out because he had the legacy virus and befriended by Maverick. And then Maverick didn't tell him that he went into remission. Uh, And he's just the angstiest teenager in the world. And he had a girlfriend before all of this stuff with his mutantness came to light. And uh, he got put into witness protection. But when Maverick didn't answer his phone calls for literally like three hours, he was like, screw this. I'm running away from home. And he calls up his girlfriend to see her. And he's tracked by the Friends of Humanity. Logan happened to be in the neighborhood neighborhood fight 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 logan and maverick have an argument about maverick not telling chris he's in remission chris finds out two issues later anyway it goes as poorly as expected also maverick and elena ivanova the psychic girl they finally make out and then they fight they're having relationship troubles in part because of his double agent ex-wife and he you know i'll never trust again but also because she's tracking down Sabretooth because of dead parent vengeance etc etc also i was wrong last time i talked about her i misremembered which dead parent it's this it was the girl in the the wolverine special that was the dead dad hers was a dead mom who was killed while pregnant with her and so yeah um, it's like to ken right and because she's a psychic she remembers it which oh. <laughs> yeah so that's crazy but anyway she goes after him alone after their fight and it turns out that her lead on Sabretooth is a trap he's luring creed's luring to her because question mark question mark question mark never explained but yeah they catch up in on, in utility tunnels under Manhattan under Manhattan she is badly shaken up and he realizes that his remission is because of their psychic bond and now she's in a coma so he's starting to feel symptoms again so that's that arc I will say one thing about so you can do a story about a character repeatedly fucking up their personal life right like Matt Fraction and David Aha's Hawkeye mm-hmm. was was essentially that, just like this character who can't get out of his own way and the consequences that it shows on all the people who he cares about. But like Hawkeye had the good sense to establish their character as like likable and worthwhile and have interesting, <laughs> you know, traits before 
getting really into the spiral of his difficulties with being a person. It's just does none of that. It's just why? What's what is any of this? I'm so, so, so lost. X-Men Unlimited 17, uh, after Operation Zero Tolerance, Logan takes a vacation skiing in Aspen and runs into (laughs) Sabretooth again. (laughs) But also, yeah, he's everywhere, man. Everybody's looking for him. Um, And, uh, but also this new character named Who. And Who, she's a, I guess, mutant whose power is to swap, uh, Who spelled H-O-O. And she can swap bodies with somebody else. And so she makes it so Logan and Sabretooth swap bodies. So Sabretooth in Logan's body goes to uh, Worthington Industries and accuses him of working on a new mutant power neutralizer. Basically, the government or after X Factor went underground and apparently they made it seem like Forge's tech wasn't being stolen, but here it looks like it is. And they're so, yeah. He made that neutral mutant power neutralizer that took away Storm's powers for like five years in real time. And apparently they're working on another one. They tour the lab. Turns out it's true. Logan and Sabretooth's body shows up. They fight it out. There's a body swap fight scene where like whenever they punch each other, they swap bodies again. So like, you're just going to feel the pain of the punch that you just threw. Okay. <laughs> it's very silly. And, That's interesting. you know, it all ends and Sabretooth gets away, of course. Uh, but it turns out that who was working for Shaw. This doesn't seem to be related to any other Sebastian Shaw plots. Just kind of like an attempt to build his villain bill. There's also a trivia game at the end of the issue if we have time and you want to play it. But it seems really hard. And then uh, real quick, uh, I'm going to save X-Force for later. Uh, the New Mutants reunion. So uh, apparently back in the day with the whole New Mutants team together. So it's um, Mirage, Sunspot, Cannonball, Wolfsbane, Cypher, uh, Warlock, Magma, and Magic. Karma had uh, left the team at this point. And and they were doing a, a danger room training exercise simulating limbo. But then this weird figure who turns out to be uh, Mikhail Rasputin shows up in the middle of it and spooks Ileana out. So they all go to the present uh, like 616, you know, 1997, 616 present. <laughs> and at the same time, the surviving new mutants of the present day are having like a get together reunion. So that's. Danny, Sunspot, Cannonball, Wolfsbane, Douglock, and Karma. For some reason, Magma wasn't invited. That's cool. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and so they have like a, you know, oh, this is so cool, you know, meet up with your past self type thing. And Doug's la- Douglock's like, hey, Ileana, aren't you the one who died? And so she freaks out and runs back into Mikhail. And he has this plan to save her from her eventual death from the legacy virus. But it turns out he was assuming that because she died of the legacy virus as a kid, Mikhail's like, so you're going to get the legacy virus. So it, if you didn't die of it as a teenager, maybe that has something to do with your mystical powers. So I could give you the legacy virus and then I could 
find out what mystic something something will cure it and then I can cure myself because Mikhail apparently also has the legacy virus at this point but it doesn't work he just gives her the virus and sets the stage for her event- her eventual death of the virus wow and then karma who'd been developing telepathic powers during this arc this is a thing that was suggested back in new mutants but never happened she wipes all their memories and they go and they go back. That's the, that's the short version. Oh uh, my gosh. So it was cool to have a moment to like stop and think about how all these characters have grown. You know, Danny is sort of a shield agent, Valkyrie beatnik now. I'll talk about X-Force on a future episode, but she's like reading Jack Kerouac and stuff. And Berto is past the is he going to become a villain plot and he's got this sort of like Iskani, te- Iskani teachings in his mind Sam's an X-Man Rain has made peace with Reverend Craig and become way less timid and like actually will kiss a boy now and all that Doug's dead but womp womp Doug Lock etc <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. um is also a reminder of how well that that new mutants group kind of worked together like like everyone kind of had their spot in it doug was sort of like the heart and soul that brought everybody together iliana was sort of the agent of chaos that launched off all the plots warlock was comic relief and sort of the outsider to get you to be able to explain things etc and that's probably why they've done like four more reunion titles since then so yeah that's my reading for this week did you want to play that trivia game or yeah let's take a look at all right so i will let's see how much i can do here so i'm gonna i'm gonna share my screen and then i'll do a duplicate one here oh my goodness these are hard questions so basically here's the premise of the game something's terribly wrong at the mansion when the rest of the X-Men were called away on a mission, you stayed behind to keep an eye on the bloodthirsty Sabretooth, who is once again a prisoner there, I guess. Uh, or this is set back when he was. Creed was secured in his danger room cell block when suddenly all the mansion security systems went offline. Now Creed is loose and after you. With direct orders from Professor X not to confront him alone, your only hope is to lose him in the tunnels surrounding the school and then double back around to secure the Institute before you re- he realizes you've given him the slip. Good luck, X-Man. You'll need it. So basically, the way it works is on your turn, you get to choose one, one of these four directions. Mm-hmm. And you have to go in a full circle around and come back in the same way. Oh, so it's like, sorry. It's like, sorry, exactly. And you advance one square. And then uh, if you get the trivia question right, your turn keeps going. And every time you get one wrong, your turn ends and Sabretooth moves three squares. But... <laughs> You've got your choice of characters, and so each of them have a special power. So you can play as Archangel, who gets two designated free spaces. You see them here and here. Um, And free spaces, basically, you don't have to answer the question, and Creed can't stop in a free space if you're in a free space. So you can, like, stop your turn there and have him, like, not catch up to you, basically. Mm. You can play as Phoenix, who can get caught once without effect. You can play as Jubilee, who can turn any, once per game, can turn any space into a free space, including the one she's in. And then you can play as Cyclops, who can choose to stun Creed for one turn so he can't move. So who do you want to be? Oh my God, dude. Power level, I think Cyclops is the highest one, but if you want to go like for that flavor. Too. 
Yeah, I was I was gonna go with Jubilee. Okay, sounds good. And I'm gonna give you like three is a lot because like if you get the first question wrong, I feel like you just lose or like any of the first three, uh-huh. and that seems crazy. So let's say you have what like a, a five space head start. Uh-huh. These are hard sure. questions. These are yeah. hard ass questions. Yeah, I was I was even just thinking we could just go through and see how many we can name. Well, I've got the answer key right here. So oh, you have the answer key. I, I also I also like you know vetted this pretty well. Like I was I saw this and I was like, oh, this could make a fun segment for the show. And so I like you know I looked through it in order to I, I was thinking that I was going to make you stumble and flail some some of these questions are like very specific for 90s and just remember that this was 1997 so they're they're operating on like knowledge that like if things changed since then you have to you <laughs> right. have to ignore that yeah right does a five yeah. space does a five five space head start seem good sure Okay. Oh my gosh. And and basically you get four tries. You can do it if you want, uh, starting with each of the different directions and each of the different characters. It's supposed to get easier as it goes because you uh, basically get to remember the, the trivia answers from the outside. Yeah. <laughs> so which direction do you want to start in? 34. In Cosmic Ghost Rider, Frank Castle refers to these as sleezoids also. <laughs> yeah. It's so, brood. yep. Question is, who are the alien sleazoids? And you answered correctly. It is the brood. So moving on. Uh, next space. 15. This Summers is the mother Ascani. Name her. This Summers is the mother Ascani. Is that Rachel? Name her. It is a Rachel. It is Rachel. Yep. Okay. 10. Name the lowest of Onslaught's emissaries. I'll na- I'll let you name any of the characters who worked for Onslaught, but I think you'd know this one in particular because this was like one of the first comics I ever got as a kid, and I was really stoked on it. The, a small batch of X-Men fought him alone in X-Men number 50. Post? It is post. <laughs> <laughs> well done. My next, my next hint was going to be dumb as a blank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who is the quietest member of Generation X? So I was going to go with skin or is it quietest in the sense of like a reference to their power this character literally never talks and here's the thing there's a tie here i would allow two they have one answer i think there Mm. should be two there's one character who has never talked and there's another who literally can't and i'll i'll give you either penance yes penance is the one that they were after she's the one who never talks Mm. chamber doesn't have a fucking mouth he talks through he talks through uh telepathy So yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. okay. Do you want? Do you want to move down? I'm doing do you good. Want to go I'm doing down? Good. You are doing good. Do you want to go down or do you want to go left? You're gonna have to do both of these eventually. I know. I'll go left. I don't know this one. Okay. I I, I mentioned them to you once on this pod, but that's a real tough. That's a yeah. It's a deep cut. And this is niece and nephew. And remember, that's Jean Grey's niece and nephew. Right. These are the characters who I was bummed that you know I, I really want them to resurrect during Dawn of X. Although yes. they were little kids at the time that they were killed. I Let me know when you give know. up. Okay. I give up. They are named Joey and Galen. Joey and Galen. 
Yeah. Okay. So Creed is three spaces up. So he's two behind getting on the board. Next okay. next wrong answer, he'll be on uh, space number 34 here. Okay. okay. Next question. Name the granddaddy of all Sentinels. So are they implying the creator of the Sentinels or are they implying the, uh, the thing that makes Sentinels? They are implying the thing that makes Sentinels. So Master Mold. Yes. Okay. I don't know if that's the granddaddy. It's also grandma. <laughs> right? It should be it should be daddy and granddaddy is is the the master mold. Is master mold. Oh, the mother mold. I was gonna say mother mold. I was gonna say Bolivar Trask because Bolivar Trask them. created Master Mold and then There's master 18 mold. different ways this could go. Yeah, this this is this Mother is, Mold, I don't think existed at the, it at did not point. exist at this point. Oh, yeah. No. yeah. Okay. Next question number eleven. Name the Xavier student who once ruled limbo. Liana. Yeah. Liana AKA magic. Question five. Who was Jean Grey's school pal at Metro College? Oh boy. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I I did not know this one either. <laughs> Some dude named Ted Roberts. Oh, good for him. Good, good for, for him. <laughs> good for Ted. <laughs> All right. So Creed is on the board. He is seven behind you. Okay, I'm doing okay. All right. Yeah. Moving on. What is Wolverine's code name in Madripoor? Oh, Patch. Yep. You already got that during this pod. <laughs> Next one. How did Storm win leadership of the Morlocks? She beat Callisto in a duel. She absolutely did. Well done. Space number seven. What band of no goods originally included Magneto, Quicksilver, and Scarlet Witch, among others? Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yep. All right. Here's some little, some 90s slang here. Oh my gosh. Name the Eternal with the green lid. (laughs) By that, they just mean hair. The Eternal with green hair? Oh, it's, you know what? That's terrible. They mean external. Oh, so what? What, Polaris? No. Because I'm just going off of anyone with green hair. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh... I've talked about, you remembered him from a trading card when we talked about him earlier in this pod. Wait, uh, he's an external. No, no, but also has a ponytail. Last try. Okay. (laughs) Green hair, ponytail. I had a trading card of him. God, because the only person I'm thinking of is Brock Sampson, but that's not, he's not an external. You mean Doc Sampson, not Brock Sampson. Yeah, not Brock. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Doc Leonard Sampson. Yeah. Doc Leonard Sampson. No. Is it Gideon. Gideon. Yeah. Yeah. Damn He's it. the guy who took in Roberto, et cetera, et cetera. So Creed moves up three spaces. One, on two, three. Yep. He's on the corner here. He is eight spaces behind you. So okay. you're you're making up ground. Number 26. What was Stevie Hunter's job at Xavier's school? I love Stevie Hunter. I don't know if you've ever read her, but we're going to go with guidance counselor. No. Dance instructor. Dance instructor. I would never would have gotten that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess they say phys ed teacher, but really she spent all her time as Kitty's dance instructor. Okay. So one, two, three. He's now six spaces behind you. Okay. All right. What? Legend says that she'll be the last X-Man. Name her. Now, okay. I'm going to give some context to this one because this is a terrible question. <laughs> this is a legend from Bishop's time. Oh, so Storm. 
storm. No. Fuck. It's Jubilee. It's Jubilee? Oh, man. It's just oh, something so, he said offhand it. one time. I have a different... So, oh, man. In the in the Cable solo title where he's oh, jumping around yeah. time with Hope. Yeah. Uh, when Hope is growing up, Bishop was raised in a camp by Storm. Or like Storm is like... Oh. Old, old woman Storm is like the yeah. like, matriarch in the camp that he's from. And so that's what I was going off of. That's... Damn it. <laughs> yep. Remember. Different title. Different Nin- time. 90s info. Yep. Okay. So he's... He's here, he's here on page eight. So he's yep. one, two, three, four behind you. Okay, that's fine. And you still got your free space whenever yep. you need it. So name the former X-Man who stole Storm's powers before stealing her heart. Orange. Yeah. With no real name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If this question was name the real name of the former X-Man who stole Storm's oh my powers God, before stealing her heart. <laughs> Name of this is awful. Name the two monks responsible for locking Sidorak inside the mystical ruby that gives Kane Marco his powers. This, I talked about one of these characters. I didn't use exactly these terms, but I talk about these characters um, on this pod during some of the like Crimson Dawn stuff. There's no reason for you to remember his name, but if you remember it, or if you even come close, if you get like the right letter of his name, the first letter of his name correct i'll give you the space no i got nothing yeah gomer is his name gomer yeah okay so So he's right behind me now he's on 19 what was warren worthington's code name before he joined the x-men first of all I'm going to yeah. use my power. Second of all. Well, don't do not do it until you get one wrong. Okay. But you second can, of you all, can do it after. Warren Worthington is Angel's grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. What was Warren Worthington the third's code name before he joined the X-Men? <laughs> um, I feel like you 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 get at least half a point for, for that no prize there. <laughs> <laughs> Warren Worthington's code name before he joined the X-Men? I didn't. Yeah. He did a little bit of prep school super heroing in his dorms damn they use it as a nickname for him sometime it's similar to his first x-men code name but there's an adjective there oh i mean it's obviously it's not archangel it's not angel it's um it's the adjective angel gosh watch it be like the flying angel (laughs) jeez I don't know. Bobby's the only one that I know of that like individually trained before he became an X-Man. Yeah. Damn it. I do not know this one. All right. You know what? I'll, I'll give you an extra use of your powers for, for that no prize. How's that? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm using my power here for sure. Yeah. You're using your power here. Okay. So he's right behind you. All right. So moving ahead one here. Okay. Well, what was the answer? Oh, sorry. The answer is the Avenging Angel. Okay. Yeah. Again, it showed up in like the 60s and never again. Okay. Who once thought Magneto was her father? And now remember, this is 90s. So any revelations of turns out that actually Magneto is their father, it doesn't count. So we are. So the answer we're looking for is Polaris. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Because the tables have turned that Scarlet Witch is not his biological child. Oh God! Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. What about Quicksilver? Are they are they still twins? Yes. So Quicksilver isn't either. Then yeah, they're not genetically. 
are they biologically are they retconned to be in humans no okay um because that would really be a that would be a real business decision on behalf of the mcu is really <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously no it got hinted at or teased in original sin okay scarlet witch got flipped morality flipped uh-huh. And she cast a spell to get rid of anyone in her bloodline uh, to kill someone that to, because she wanted to kill Magneto, which was a very specific approach. And then Magneto didn't go anywhere. And she was like, huh, you're not my father. <laughs> now I know. And they didn't really run with it. They explained it once in some story afterwards, but I don't think I have that comic, which is <laughs> what pisses me off. Cause I don't remember actually reading okay. the actual explanation, uh. but yeah, he, she's not biologically his child, but Polaris is biologically his child. All right. Moving along here. Yeah. What was his this, major? <laughs> what was Sam Guthrie's major at Xavier's? Now this one, I had no idea. They, I didn't know I, there were majors at. There, there aren't. There aren't. It's stupid. It's so dumb. He may have said that like offhand in like one panel of one issue of New Mutants. There's, there's never used, but it's a pretty highfalutin major. It does not fit aw shuck Sam Guthrie in any sort of way. But I will say it would probably be a bit of a help in his current life. Well, first of all, I guess it makes sense with the sort of like with his powers, like propulsion and ricocheting and stuff and also would probably help out a little bit with his life out in space. So is he a physics major? Yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that doesn't All make right. a whole lot of sense, but okay. Yeah, right. Whatever. But I was right. Woo! <laughs> Next, who... You already did this one. Who is the quietest member of Generation X? Chamber. Yeah. Moving on. Name the series or crossover that featured Strife's Swan Song. Strife's Swan Song. Yep. So, so this is the storyline where Strife died mm-hmm. um, for the first time, I guess. Uh, yeah. But also one of the words in this. Oh, uh, song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. All right. If it wasn't for the leg virus this young mutant would have been an electrifying addition to the x-men who is he this is a character who came up in this very podcast electrifying yeah i i never described his powers so that's probably a little bit of a red herring you could focus on the legacy virus and the would have been part of the x-men right well would have been it's not mikhail because he's always been a bad guy yeah looking in the wrong place Damn it. Is one angsty ass teen. You don't even have to remember his name. Just just any of the, you know, connections that he has with characters or series or whatever. Hey, no. So it wasn't in X-Men's annual. That was Shiar. And then right after that. It's okay. All of these titles are so fucking forgettable. No. (laughs) What? Because I feel like the only time we talked about Legacy Virus was with Mikhail and, and Ileana. And Mikhail's the one who ended up giving it to, to Ileana because he wanted to save himself. Shard? No, Shard's a girl. <laughs> and um, yeah, not Shard. Oh, was this one of the members of the XUE? No, there's one other thing that I read this week that I talked right. about. It was right after X-Man Annual. No, it was after after X-Factor. X, all right, Annual and then X-Factor, and then, oh, Maverick. Yeah. Shit. 
It's cool. It's it's Christopher Bradley. It's the kid who uh, is his uh, legacy virus buddy. Man, I don't know why that never again showed up. Very very forgettable. Man, I, he is a character who I'd love to see come back. Actually, in X Men, one because, of the ones. Yeah, I mean, he's been terrible in Maverick, but everything about the Maverick series is terrible. He was, you know, the issue of X Men Unlimited he was in was good. So. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So yeah. Creed Creed moves up three, but you made up some real ground in this last one. So yeah. now you just have to answer for the second time, who are the alien Slezoids? Brew and his kind. <laughs> King Brew. There we go. All right. Wow. This is a tough one. Yeah. True or false. Ono's given name is Beatrice. That's, I mean, I know it as false. Yeah. He was, they had it as true here, which is it has already been contradicted in published comics at this time. They already gave her name in the Domino limited series as Nina Thurman. All right. So what the heck? True or false. Legendary Money is a former galactic liaison. Well, yeah. yeah right. That's. <laughs> she's never had the official title but sure she liaised right? <laughs> yeah. who enjoyed a short stint on the new mutant roster before squawking off you will to a more never West. in a million years get this unless you look it up on the wiki or read one issue of new mutants all right his name's bird brain oh good for him yeah <laughs> he's like this a, a evolved bird basically okay yeah. this one i was legitimately curious who is sinister's son this is from further adventures of cyclops and phoenix this is the stillborn kid so his name is adam essex and again stillborn so it's a little presumptuous to say who is uh name the woman who regularly works her magic on nightcrawler in the pages of excalibur megan no no she works her magic on captain britain also she doesn't have magic this is a character who is literally deals with magic and dates nightcrawler on excalibur gosh why i don't know amanda sefton oh okay yeah yeah got it okay name shadow that's purple pet dragon. First of all, Lockheed is not a pet and he's not right? a dragon <laughs> right? anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was AOA's classy hotspot? Yeah. So like this is the social spot, bar, whatever. It was kind of a, a neutral place for humans and mutants. Oh, it was, wasn't that Gambit's bar or something? No. Some uh, Somebody's bar. Anyway, uh, I do not know that one. It was Angel's Bar. It was named Heaven. Heaven. It was Angel's Bar. That's who made the splash page. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and then fill in the blank, mutant blank friend. It's a liberation? Yeah. It's the MLF, right? Yeah. Okay. MLF. Name, name Bishop's futuristic buds. Yeah. This is also real, real deep cut of trivia here. These are the two XSE agents that he crossed over into the past with. Uh, they both died. Oh, so not XSE. So I would have said the XSE. <laughs> yeah, no, two, uh. two guys by name. They have really useless powers. One can detect humans and the other detects radiation or is immune to radiation or something. But that's some real, real deep trivia that I only know from looking up at the wiki <laughs> yeah i don't know that one either uh they're named malcolm and randall oh just like great great superhero names guys. they went all they went all out on these <laughs> they went, i mean i guess bishop is actually his last name so that's true it might just be the naming convention there what fuels mm. scott summers optic blasts uh solar radiation yeah name the mutant once known as mirage danny moonstar 
Yeah. What is M's real name? Monet St. Croix. Yep. There you go. Boom. I should have gone that route. (laughs) (laughs) Right? All right. GG's. GG's. That was fun. That was fun. So for next week, um, I have a request to hit up the next three volumes of Dawn of X. Oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can make a grown man cry over here. <laughs> Don of X 10, 11, 12. Let's uh, fucking do it. Because I'm about two weeks out from Empire. Okay. Next week. So the next week would have been some random 616. And then after that would be Iron Man 2020 and the sides issues with that. And then after that is Empire. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I, I am yeah. almost also almost done with. Um, so my sort of full reading of X-Men chronology comes in the packs and I'm on pack 10 of the X-Men chronology and there's like 70 of them but that's partially because the the file size keeps getting bigger and bigger mm-hmm. um, but I started this on on pack two okay this reread so anyway like nice. well i started the pod on pack nine um cool. so i'm moving through it and i am almost done so yeah i've gotten through two of them just in the time we've been podcasting and awesome. uh i am excited to turn the page and, and get another one in yeah we um as soon as we started was right after i read absolute carnage and so empire will be my first like big crossover event since we i'm excited we, sh- we should we should go big for it should spend a lot of time on that and not much time on anything that i have to say <laughs> sure <laughs> uh but yeah dawn 10 11 12 for next on 10 11 12 next week let's go i'm excited all right man well i suppose that about does it for this episode of hype is my superpower will do you Ooh. have anything to say to the good people of the internet before we sign on off i uh, appreciate whoever has come back again for a uh, yet another issue with us absolutely and, thank uh, you so much all for listening thank you guys for your time and you know we find out about these people who are listeners but no one ever gives us any feedback yeah <laughs> tell us what you like tell us what you don't like absolutely ask Get us some touch. questions man we would love to answer some some re- uh, listener questions yeah how yeah. to hit us up on facebook you and I might have to do is go back into the Facebook group and, and do a question, listener question, refresh, see if we can sure. get it. Yeah. Cool. So if you're on the Facebook group, look for that and ask, ask your questions there. And if you're not on the Facebook group, what are you doing with your life? Come Seriously. on. This is serious hey. business. Super serious. We get paid so much to do this. <laughs> All right, man. Anyway, thank you guys for your time. And yep. um, let's put the outro music here. here. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. All right. Man. Drums are playing right now. Drums, so many drums. A couple of cars. Take care, man. You too. <laughs> <laughs> right on.